Welcome to the Orange is the New Black Podcast. This is me, Zim Huda. You can catch my co-host, Ace Boogie, probably streaming, doing something, recording on YouTube right now at New Stripe City. He is phenomenal at what he does. You can also uh, catch him at New Stripe City on Twitter, uh, uh, Instagram. It's the same name, New Stripe City. We have a couple different topics. Oh, I didn't even talk about myself. Zim underscore Hude on Instagram, Zim Hude on Twitter. Also, please make sure you subscribe to my YouTube because we're going to start getting that popping coming up soon, too. Uh, some weeks we don't do a live show, so right now we're going to combine some segments. Shout out to uh, my guy Jake and um, James Rapine. I just did Locked on Bengals this past week. If you guys don't know, that is a really, really good podcast. Uh, probably the number one uh, rated uh, Bengals podcast in the world, so... Shout out to those guys. It was a really good show. If you got time, check that out. Always, always make sure you check out all of our shows on us. You got my man Matt Minnick uh, with Chalk Talk and uh, Anthony Kazenza and uh, John Sharon also do the um, Orange and Black Insider as well on this uh, network right now. Uh, but what we're going to get into is the upcoming week we got coming up with the Bengals. Uh, we ended in a tie this past week. We just came off of a show where we kind of referenced a lot of different things on that. But uh, we have the Jaguars coming up this week. Some of the first injury reports came out. So one of the things that stood out, I think, on the injury report for Jacksonville is DJ Chark, their number one wide receiver, who they compared to A.J. Green last year, which I thought was insane. Uh, He had over 1,000 yards last season. But uh, he was back at practice on Wednesday, uh, September 30th. Uh, so keep an eye on that. It's not a full hill uh, go. But the uh, good news is on our end, same thing. Geno Atkins is scheduled uh, to start doing individual drills, which he did do. He suited up. They've got pictures of him online with DJ Reader walking out, uh, which was really, really cool to see. Um, the The main thing, I think, from a injury standpoint was Michael Jordan's name surfaced on the um, report this week. So keep an eye on his knee. And then also Darius Phillips. One thing that I talked about earlier in the podcast this year is I I, I wasn't too upset at Trey Wayne's uh, going down and Darius Phillips taking his spot as the number two corner. I was upset that, you know, Trey Wayne's got hurt. I, I, I need to rephrase that. I don't know why that came out like that. But either way, uh, Darius Phillips uh, was a guy that I really believed in and I really, really am still hopeful on. And he's played pretty well this season. Um, he does have some restraints. And the one thing that I was saying uh, before the season is his knee. Uh, last year and any any of the stuff that he had before, even coming out of college, was, you know, like because of his size, he's he is undersized and it's hard to play a 16 games in the National Football League. But he came up um, on a limited particip- participation in practice this uh, past Wednesday also. Um, other uh, people to note, too, is Logan Wilson. Uh, he came up on the list and as a result, Kendall Donerson is the from the practice squad um, got signed, and then the Bengals released Josh uh, Nifle. Um And the reason why that's so important is because I think they're now going to push some guys up at the linebacker spot. Uh, you might see Pratt uh, playing a little bit more in the nickel package where he's been playing m- mainly in the base with Bynes. You might see some different things like that. Now that Sean Williams is back this past weekend, you might see him more in a rover uh, linebacker look. Uh, but I don't think based on the early reports that uh, Logan Wilson is going to be playing, 
And what is the worst part about it is Logan Wilson had a pretty good week last week um, in the Eagles tie. Um, the bigger, bigger issue that I just want to briefly talk about is some of the stuff that came out today. And I guess I, I just I had to record this. So a lot of the, the Bengals um, uh, reporters right now, you got my guy James Rapine, who I shouted out earlier. Uh, he was in on this. Some of the guys like Ben Baby. They tweeted out a lot of different things that were said in an interview earlier today. First and foremost, Zach Taylor had it. Uh, a lot of the line took a beating this past week from the fans as well as on the field. Zach Taylor reiterated the offensive line is playing better and is, than the perception, uh, especially in the run game. Um, those were some of the comments that he said. On, when, on Tuesday, he said that it was too early to see uh, about any changes because a lot of the fan base is calling for the Bengals to go sign guys like Leary, uh, sign Josh Klein. I've seen so many different names out there. I said, I said Tom, Ty Sambriel, um, uh, Gabe Jackson, go make a trade for these guys. There's so many different names that I was very interested in. But the, the Bengals coaching staff is so tone deaf to what's going on around them or either they're trying to let us know that they're not shook but they should be shook because if they lose this upcoming week to Jacksonville everybody's on the hot seat because a lot of people are even looking at Jim Turner already like he should be fired uh Zach Taylor has some really questionable stuff so uh like like I said the the, the main questionable thing was this past week where or Tuesday where he's saying you know, it's too early to see, uh, the, you know, the, the, those are Wednesday problems or some quote like that. I, I don't want to misquote him, but it, it's, it's all ridiculous and it's stupid. But the Jim Turner ones, I have to highlight this. He he interviews Jim Turner or the Bengals um, reporters interviewing today. Uh, one of the quotes that said, hey, we have to be better. We have to protect Joe, Bur- uh, Joe Burrow better. We have to run the ball better. Now, I agree with this one 100%. The only way that the Bengals are going to get out of this hole is running the football as well. Even if they don't do it bad, I mean, do it good. They just got to run the football and get the football out of Joe Burrow's hand and take away these different opportunities for him to get hit. The other half of that is the staff is probably sitting there saying, okay, well, our jobs are on the line, so we need to go win. But the problem is you're just putting Joe Burrow in harm's way 40 different times, 50 different times, as we saw Two weeks ago, 61 times in drop back. So that's the thing. He also said uh, on Jonah Williams, he's very young. This is Jim Turner. He's a young, he, he's young. He's going to be a hell of a player. Said Bobby Hart has been very steady. If you guys get a chance to go check out my Instagram or my Twitter, I posted up some clips from this past week with Bobby Hart, uh, Billy Price, a lot of different guys not playing well. So the fan base is really, really irate. Uh, but to hear him say stuff and stand on the table for guys continuously while the fan base is absolutely ready to kill these guys uh, is is the tone deaf part. He's just saying that Bobby Hart is very steady at right tackle. He also said on Fred Johnson, this is Jim Turner again, I quote, we think Freddie has been loaded to talent. Said if the light goes on with Johnson, he can be a hell of a player. If not, he'll be an average player and he won't play, according to Turner. He said, <laughs> uh, 
Jim Turner said that he will get a seventh round pick, uh, Keem Adenji, some center reps at some point just to get him familiar with the position. Said versatility is extremely important. Uh, he said, Jim Turner, on if the answer to fixing the O line is on the roster, yes. Oh, yeah. If they're in the building right now, we think they're the answer. They are not the answer. Close quote. They are not the answer. Like, we have to do something about this problem, like, currently right now. And the fact that the Bengals staff isn't making that adjustment or it's not clicking and they're not. I I think if they understood this, if they challenge the players by bringing in more players, they can still stand on the table for Bobby Hart, stand on the table for Fred Johnson or whoever the hell they want. But the problem is they have to bring in more competition and bring in pretty much their replacements. If Bob Hart comes out there and starts beasting out, then let them beast out. But the problem is that they're unwilling to acknowledge the fact that these guys aren't playing top tier and they're not doing what they're supposed to do to protect Joe Burrow. And that's the biggest problem. They could have quotes like this if they brought in new guys, right? If they brought and made a trade for Gabe Jackson, he could still come out and say, yeah, I believe in Bob Hart. And I think that, you know what I'm saying? Um, I, I, I mean, obviously, Jackson would be at guard, but you you know what I'm saying? Like that's 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 what they would have to do, but they're unwilling to do that. Um he also said on Fred Johnson, I think Freddie's gonna be a heck of a player. He'll be better do it soon, but he better do it soon. So that's pretty encouraging. Uh Jim Turner on Bobby Hart again. I think that out of all my players, Bobby is the most unappreciated player and most picked on player. He also says, Jim Turner says Bobby Hart is playing the best ball of his career. Has been unaffected mentally by the criticism. Whoo! Woo hoo hoo! Lord, 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 Lord. The best football of his career could arguably get the future of your franchise hurt. Wake up. Wake up, Jim. You want to call guys Bobby and, and Freddie? Okay, Jimmy Turner. Jimmy. Wake up. <laughs> I I don't have much to say. Those are the quotes that, that came out of this thing. I want to turn it over to the next seven, segment to my partner, but that's what's going on in Bangalore right now. The offensive line is the focus, and it's everything that's going to get this thing up and running and give, it, and give us a, a, a coherent, efficient team. You know, like when the offensive line plays at a high level and protects Joe Burrow and Joe Burrow walks out of a game with three or four or five knockdowns, everything will click. But they're not understanding that. Like, you know, and I think the defensive players, I've seen um, DJ Reader come out and say, hey, we're so close. They're saying all these encouraging things. In my mind, this past week, they could have helped the offense out a little bit more, but I'm not one of the guys that say, like, this is on this guy. This is on this. This is absolutely an offensive line thing. It's the biggest elephant in the room. It's been the biggest elephant in the room. And they can't ignore the position. All right. Thank you for tuning in to the Orange is the New Black podcast. I am the second half of the syndicate, Ace Boogie. Appreciate my man Zim for filling you guys in. Please be sure to follow him on Instagram at Zim underscore Huday. You can follow me at New Stripe City on Twitter, 
on Instagram, also on YouTube, and then also be sure to subscribe to Zim's YouTube. It's coming, Zim Hude. Be sure to subscribe. You don't want to miss it. He's going to be doing a lot of dope stuff over there. And then if you're watching the game on Sunday, you definitely got to stop by his live. He's going ham over there, so be sure to show him some love. But today, uh, what I decided to do is I actually did an interview with UCF Jaguar. He's a Jaguars YouTuber, so just kind of wanted to get some insight from him about the upcoming game, and I hope that you guys enjoy it. What's going on, Bengals fans? It's your boy, Ace. Welcome to New Stripe City, a YouTube channel for diehard Bengals fans. I'm your host, Ace Boogie, and today I have a special guest with me. Glad to have him on. Uh, he represents the Jacksonville Jaguars, UCF Jaguar. What's going on, bro? Hey, what's up, man? Duval, we got a Jags guy in the house. Hey, I'm pumped for this weekend, man. Uh, can't wait to get into this game, man. Definitely, definitely. And, you know, you guys know that are following me that I live in Florida, have a lot of friends from Jacksonville. I actually, you know, I actually do follow the Jags a little bit. Like, if there was ever a Florida team for me to follow, I rock with the Jags. I mean, they really remind me, essentially, of the Cincinnati Bengals, kind of overlooked and stuff like that, but a pretty solid team. Definitely, for sure. So let's get into it. Joe Sherbert and Tyler Eifert. These are two names in, in the Bengals community that were kind of trending. Like, we wanted Joe Sherbert so bad. Like, when we didn't get him and he signed with the Jags, like, our fans lost it because at that point we thought we weren't going to spend any money in free agency. And then when Tyler Eifert left us, we were heartbroken. Like, when he went to the Jacksonville Jaguars, we wished him luck, but it, it kind of hurt. And obviously we kind of need him now. But can you tell me what those two guys have been like for Jacksonville from your perspective? Well, Joe Schobert, the great thing about him is we really knocked out two birds with one stone with that one. And what I mean by that is we solidified the middle linebacker spot. And then the middle linebacker spot was actually the position that Miles Jack was playing at the last couple of years. And he was just really struggling at that spot. And with bringing in a guy like Joe Schobert, he allowed Miles Jack to move to the weak side linebacker spot where he's been all over the field, man. He's been getting like over 10 tackles a game. And, you know, he reminds you of the Miles Jack that we that, that was drafted out of UCLA back then when he was like a running back linebacker hybrid. So it's been really good. Joe Sherbert's been an awesome addition for us. And Tyler Eifert's been really good as well. I mean, the Jaguars last year were horrible in the red zone, one of the worst red zone teams. And Eifert's already been in, able to come in here and make an impact in the red zone. You know, he's already got a touchdown grab. So Tyler Eifert's been good also from a leadership standpoint, and he knows Jay Gruden's offense. So he's been able to almost be a coach in that aspect. So it's been it's been good. Those have been a couple of good additions. And there were some jokes running around after uh, the week one victory. Uh, Tyler Eifert said, wow, I already have half of my victories that I had in 2019 as the Jags <laughs> went one and those. So it's been good. He, he, he definitely seems like a Florida boy. He loves fishing. He loves the Jacksonville area. So those two guys, you know, two guys from the AFC North, they've been they've been huge helps to the Jaguars this year. Yeah, definitely. Tyler Eifert is hilarious, bro. You you you've already seen that already. Uh, so that brings me to the exodus of players. You talked about 2017, right? And I thought that the Jaguars were really like a step away or a quarterback away from the Super Bowl, right? And then there's just this mass exodus of players and everyone's just confused like what's going on obviously they ended up getting rid of uh your prior uh president there you know some front office changes uh coaching with Doug Marone he's still there like how did you take that as like a fan like when all of that stuff was happening Jalen Ramsey gets traded Leonard Fournette gets traded you know what were you thinking at that point 
I mean, it sucks, man. I remember in August the Jaguars tweeted out, oh, rewatch the Jaguars versus Steelers 2017 divisional game. And even though it was three years ago, it's so painful to watch because none of these guys are on a team anymore. The 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 only guys left from the defense are Miles Jack and a rotational defensive tackle by the name of Avery Jones. And it's just it's just crazy the way the team really turned over. I mean, they turned over for really three reasons. Tom Coughlin was not great at his at being the president. He he made the culture just horrible over there. And also Blake Bortles just was not the answer at quarterback. And uh, when the roster broke down a little bit, he wasn't really able to elevate the team at all. It kind of sunk with him. And just having bad personalities on a team. I mean, there was a lot of – it came out later on. A.J. Boye kind of said that everyone – pretty much everyone just kind of cared about themselves. Uh, you you had guys like Jalen Ramsey, who's obviously all about himself. And then, you know, guys were caring about individual stats. Like, you know, Dante Fowler Jr. was kind of like that. So – that's one thing that the Jaguars really this year when they drafted, they had 12 draft picks. And one big thing that they wanted was to bring in the right personalities in here to uh, be able to fit the mold of the team and what they want going forward. So uh, it, it's, it, it sucked kind of seeing this all go down and we'll see what we kind of have. I don't, I don't know how far away we are from being a good team again, because there's still questions on Garner Minshew. I mean, Garner Minshew's done some really good things, but I've kind of brought out the example that we want a Patrick Mahomes. It's it's kind of like it's kind of like the Bengals, man. The Bengals had Andy Dalton. He's he was a good quarterback, but right. he wasn't Joe Burrow. You know, he wasn't next level. And as long as you, if you don't have an elite quarterback, you're always going to be around that uh, mediocrity standpoint. Where like the Bengals, like when they had a really good roster and when play call was good, Andy Dalton was able to lead them into the playoffs, but. Andy Dalton wasn't able to elevate in the playoffs. And then when the roster broke down, Andy Dalton, it, the team went down with him. So the Jaguars, you know, we have 13 more games to kind of analyze Gardner Minshew to see if he is the franchise quarterback. But other than that, man, just we had to go through and build the roster, build it back up and figure out how to use a salary cap and all of that stuff better. Yeah, definitely. Lots of similarities between the Bengals and Jags. Like you said, with Andy Dalton, it was spot on. So – from a fan perspective, like for us last season, I, I do a podcast with my man Zim Hude. It's called the Orange is the New Black Podcast. If you guys are listening, please subscribe to the Cincy Jungle Podcast there. But after about week three, we were like, all right, bro, like we're ready to just get the best quarterback ever. Like you said, we're ready to try to go and get a Pat Mahomes. How do you feel about tanking? Because some fans like don't like it. Other fans feel like you got to do whatever you got to do to secure that number one pick. What are your thoughts on tanking? I mean, it's it's not fun. I mean, I, I would love to sit here right now and say, hey, the Jaguars, you know, press this button and they'll lose the rest of the games. I would almost like do it. But, man, when you sit there on Sundays and watch, it's just absolutely painful. But I don't know if the Jaguars – the Jaguars aren't bad enough to be the number one overall pick. I mean, they, they have good – they have a good offense, you know, when things are rolling. Gardner Minshew can help win. Jay Gruden is doing a really good job of – play calling we have some good weapons obviously our undrafted rookie running back with james washington james robinson is doing really good we've got some good weapons and dj chark and lavisca chanel and tyler eifert's helped out at that spot and uh, at the tight end spot and also the offensive line has been doing good the, the achilles hill has been a defense the defense is what's only going to allow us to win four or five games this year but when you look around man the jets and giants are heads and shoulders the worst teams in the nfl they've they've showed no signs of anything so far. So, you know, I would I would love to sit here and say and say, give me the number one overall pick and in exchange for losing all the rest of these games. But 
Unfortunately, we can't do that. And unfortunately, I'll be sitting here watching every Jag game every Sunday, rooting my butt off for us to win and just sitting there in pain as I know a lot of Bengals fans know the feeling. <laughs> oh, definitely. We went through that last season and hopefully we don't have to go through that this season. But if you had a choice, right, and I think like your front office may be trying to get rid of these players to secure the number one pick. I think Gardner Minshew is too good for that, especially with him fighting for his job. And like you said, you guys have players to be a lot better uh, than the Jets and and uh, the Giants as well. So obviously, I think that you guys are going to not finish number one, in my opinion. But if you had a choice between Johnny Lawrence and Justin Fields, which one are you taking? Uh, Trevor, you, you, Trevor Lawrence or Justin oh, Fields? You Trevor said? Lawrence. I said Johnny Lawrence. Oh, Trevor Lawrence. Oh, Trevor Lawrence by far, man. I mean, he is the the biggest can't miss prospect I have ever seen in my life. I mean, this guy. I mean, you just look at him at Clemson, man. I mean, just turn on the tape. This guy is just incredible. He makes all the throws. He stands in the pocket. He can even run the ball. I mean, just the velocity that he has under the ball, the accuracy that he has. He's the prototypical size for a quarterback. I mean, this guy, uh, this this guy's going to be the guy, man. Definitely, definitely. So it looks like Trevor Lawrence is definitely that guy. Uh, so you kind of talked about just like the keys to victory when me and you talked. What do you think the Jags' keys to victory are against the Bengals? What do they have to do to get out of uh, this game with a win? Well, the Jaguars are starting really slow. Every game, these last three games, the Jaguars have deferred and the team has taken the ball all the way down and scored a touchdown. So there's one guaranteed in this game, and that is that the Jags are going to get the ball first because if we win a coin toss, we're going to receive. And if uh, the Bengals win, they're probably going to defer. So we have to start fast, man. Finally get a lead. The Jaguars have not been playing with a lead very often this year. So that's Really what we need to do, the, the Jaguars need to figure out a way to get a pass rush in there. I mean, the last three quarterbacks we played against, Phillip Rivers. Phillip Rivers, we got lucky through a couple really bad interceptions, but Tannehill and Fitzpatrick just tore us apart. And it doesn't take an elite quarterback to do what they're doing against the Jaguars because they have all the time in the world. And they have all the time in the world against a secondary that isn't really very good right now. So... The Jaguars, they're going to have to win a shootout. Honestly, they're going to have to score a lot of points. I see Joe Burrow doing really good against this Jaguar defense, unfortunately. And I really think it's going to ultimately be a shootout. It's just the Jaguars have to kind of control the time of possession. They have to scheme some ways to get some blitzes in here, shake some things up, try to get some kind of pressure on Joe Burrow. And I know you say it's kind of a favorable matchup with the offensive line that the Bengals are rolling out there. But, man, just – Jaguars need to gear up some pressure. They need to control the time of possession, and they need to they need to gain a lead early. Yeah, definitely. And this is why I brought him on. This is UCF Jaguar. Please check the description. I have a link to his YouTube page there. Follow him on Twitter as well. Uh, before you get out of here, what is your game score prediction? Uh, game score prediction. I think that I think the Bengals are going to win. I think the Bengals are going to win. I think I think Joe Burrow is going to. This is just going to annihilate this defense. I think, I think, I think the Bengals are going to win thirty-five to thirty-one. Okay, sounds good. Uh, thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, thank you for appearing, man. Appreciate it. Please let people know where they can find your stuff. 
Yeah, man, they can find me on uh, Instagram and Twitter at UCF underscore Jaguar. Um, also on YouTube, UCF Jaguar. I've got the biggest Jaguar channel out there. And uh, you'll see me and Ace's preview video up tomorrow on my channel, probably around noon. So uh, be on the lookout for that. And yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a fun showdown, man. We're still I know both our teams are down right now, but we're less than a quarter of the way through the season right now. So there's still a lot of football to be played. And uh, good luck to you guys on Sunday. Appreciate it. And uh, that was UCF Jaguar. He also does a live stream as well. So please be sure to jump in the comments and, and definitely share your thoughts with them for sure. Uh, hopefully it'll be a, a good game for both teams. Hopefully the Bengals can get a win. We'll see. I'm not as optimistic, but he did mention that the Jags do not have the best pass rush, which will bode well for guys like Bobby Hart and Zach Taylor. So let's hope that uh, we can get out of here with a win. Thank you all for listening to the Orange is the New Black podcast. Me and Zim are going to try to connect again next week. Who day?